Hey everyone, welcome to Tom French Preaching. This is the podcast of me, Tom French, preaching. I'm a guy who lives in Melbourne and does Bible talks for youth and other people around Australia and all over the internet. To celebrate the release of my new book of devotions on Ephesians for the next little while here on the podcast, I'm going to be releasing talks through the entire book of Ephesians. These talks have been preached in church services, on camps, and in other contexts, and some of them are as old as 2015, some as recent as 2022. Some have been on the podcast before, and some of them are brand new. If you like the talks, hopefully you'll love the devotions. There are 40 days of readings, and they'll take you through the entire book of Ephesians. You can order the book now by heading to tomfrench.com.au forward slash Ephesians. All right, that's all for now. I hope you enjoy the talk. I had this uh, reoccurring dream that came up quite a lot in my life, and I still get it a little bit every now and again. It was a dream uh, where I was back in school. I was sitting in school, and I'd be sitting at a desk, and there'd be a teacher up the front, and they'd be like, it's exam time. Everyone has to do an exam. And I'd be like, oh, man. And then I'd like sit down and start doing this exam. I'd be like, I don't remember any of this stuff. None of this stuff makes sense to me. I haven't studied for this. And in fact, I haven't even been to school for like the last 15 years. Like that doesn't, this doesn't make any sense to me at all. And then I'd be like, hold on. I haven't been to school for 15 years because I graduated school 15 years ago. I don't need to be here. This is dumb. What am I doing here? And I'd stand up and I'd say, teacher, I'm leaving. And the teacher would be like, no, you sit down and do your exam. And I'm like, no, you sit down and do your exam. And they're like, sit down. I'm like, no. And then they'd get up and I'd walk out and they'd try and stop me. And I'd push them and say, get out of my way. And then I'd run. And then all the teachers would start chasing me. I'd be like, no. And then I'd kick some of them in the shins. They'd be like, ah. And I'm like, yeah. And I'd escape school and I'd feel great about it. Now, that dream happened many times, and it kind of petered off a bit, uh, but the dream that, that it, it morphed into another dream that I still get today, and that's the dream that I'm at my old job that I had when I just left school, which was working in the local cinema, and I had a boss who was not particularly nice and just made us clean stuff all day. You'd think the cinema would be fun, like all popcorn, chock tops, and movies, But at this cinema, it was just cleaning stuff. And so I'm in my dream. I'm vacuuming the carpet at the cinema. And then I'm like, man, how long do I have to do this for? And my boss is like, forever. You must vacuum forever. I'm like, oh, man. And then I'm like, hold on a tick. I resigned. I'm like, I resigned. Get out of here. And then I run out and he's like, no, come back. And then I throw the vacuum cleaner at him. And he's like, what? And then I get out of there and it feels so good. It's such a good dream. I mean, the first part's not, but the second part is amazing. It feels so good to leave my old life behind. And I never want to go back there because it's because it's no fun to be back in my old life. And so I want to escape as quickly as possible. Well, what we see in this passage is, uh, is it, are these hands off the back or are you guys just stretching? <laughs> okay, I'll, 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 I'll take it. Yeah, 
So let, I think, I'm glad you understand the illustration and let me just clarify. If you are living your Christian life, you should not kick people in the shins or throw vacuum cleaners at them. But there are a lot of things that happen in dreams that you should not do in real life or could not happen in real life, sometimes both at the same time. Okay, so let's, let's just remember that dreams are dreams and life is life and they should not always meet. What we're we saying? The old life. You've got to leave your old life behind. And as you would have seen in this passage, there are, we have these two descriptions, this description of the old life and the new life. And as we've been moving through Ephesians, we're now at the point where Paul is saying to the Ephesians, he's saying, now that you know all this stuff about God, you know all this stuff about who he is, you know what he's done, it's time to live it out. It's time to put your to put away your old life and start living your new life. And so we see there's this description of what the old life is like, which he describes as living like the Gentiles do. He says, They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. So there's kind of this process that he's talking about that people harden their hearts against God. They hear about God or they hear what he calls them to do and they, they don't like it. They say, no, I don't want that. So they harden their hearts against the call of God on their lives. And because of that, they become separated from him. And they start living a life that is more and more uh, like a life of, as we see, uh, a life without sensitivity and giving themselves over to sensuality as to indulge in every kind of impurity, they are full of greed. Now you might see this and say, this does not, like it sounds bad, but it doesn't sound like a description of my life before I met Jesus or a description of those people who don't know Jesus. Like I know a lot of people who don't know Jesus and most of them are not like this. Like when you meet people who are not Christians, you don't, you don't look at them all and they're all like having given themselves all over to sensuality and they're indulging every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. Otherwise, you know, like you'd look outside and it'd be just mayhem. And you'd be like, this, that is terrible. I don't want to be out there. It's much safer in here. But you look out there and you see the lives of non-people who aren't Christians say a lot of them are very good people. A lot of them are kind people doing good things. A lot of them are helpful and, and a lot of them are, are caring. And a lot of them say, you know, look after their families or, you know, aren't greedy. So what is it? Why is Paul saying this if, it, if it's clearly not true when we look at the world? Well, I think what's going on here is he's saying this is the logical endpoint of a life where you uh, have heart in your heart against God. So it could be that, you know, you are, the way that you live is not that different from, it doesn't look that different from someone who is working really hard to follow Jesus. But if you continue on a life where you reject God, then the further you go down that life, the more and more you'll become a picture, this picture that Paul is describing. And it may take a long time, but the end point is always going to be the same because you are turning your back on God, your heart is becoming hard, and you're giving yourself over to sensuality uh, to indulge in every kind of impurity. And what this idea of sensuality is, is it's like sensuality is about indulging your senses. Anything that feels good, you do. 
And if you look at the world, that is actually kind of true. Like the things that we talk about, if you're not living for something bigger than yourself, then you're living for what makes you feel good. You're living for what makes you happy. You're living for the next good thing, the next video game that comes out or the next movie that you get to watch or the next good meal that you get to eat or the next excellent person that you get to date or the next nice house that you get to buy or the next bunch of money that you get to earn. It all becomes about what's happening right now and what, you f- what feels good in the moment because there's nothing more to live for. And so Paul, as he's writing to the Athenians, is saying, don't do that. Don't live that way. That is your old life. Leave your old life behind. Kick your old life in the shins. Throw a vacuum cleaner at your old life and run away from it. Live this new life that you've been called to. He says, that is not the way of life that you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. Now the question is then, if this new life is so much better than the old life, why do we keep going back to the old life? Because you know and I know that we still do a lot of these things. We still live for what feels good. We still go and do the sinful things that we know that we shouldn't do. So why do we keep doing that? Well, we see, uh, he says in verse 22, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. There's this picture here of taking off and putting on. And it's, it's this image of like clothes that you take off your old dirty clothes and you put on your new good clothes. Now, I don't know how many of you have paid much attention to my shoes. It's fine if you haven't. I don't expect everyone to look at my shoes a lot. But the shoes I'm wearing today are very different from the shoes I was wearing yesterday. These are my, it's very hard to show you, but these are my, my, old, my old Converse Chuck Taylor high tops. They're great. I like them. I've had them since the year 2019. There's some problems with them, though. As you might be able to see, there's a big rip in the side of them here, and there's like it's, there's a, it's, it's breaking here, and there's holes in the bottom of them. And today was the worst day to be wearing these shoes because we had to walk to Tuggeranong, and there was water everywhere, and it got through the bottom of my shoes, and I got wet feet. But the reason why I love these shoes is because they're so comfy, like, they're really comfy. I've worn them for three years, and my, they've molded to my feet. And when I wear them, it just feels good. And when I look at them, I'm like, we've got some great memories, don't we, shoes? We've gone through some good times together, gone through some bad times. We've survived a global pandemic together. These are, these are special shoes. And I, I love wearing them because they're just so comfortable, and they just make me feel good, even though they're actually not that good for me now. Now they make my feet wet, and now they're probably bad for my posture. Actually, I mean, Converse is probably just bad for your posture all the time. But, you know, these are, these are not particularly good shoes anymore. But they used to be great, but they're not good anymore. But I keep wanting to go back to them because they're comfy. You know, have you got those, that pair of shoes that you love wearing? Yeah, they're such good shoes. 
even though they're not good shoes at all. And when you put on your new shoes, they look good, and they, but they don't always feel good. And they give you blisters and it takes a bit of time to wear them in. And so it's like, why would I wear the new ones, which are uncomfortable, when I can wear the old ones, which are really comfortable? And I think that's what goes on with our sin. Like we might know that sin is not good for us, but we go back to it again and again and again because it's comfortable. Our old life is comfortable. Even though we know it's not good for us, it still feels good. It still feels good to give in to your anger, to let loose at that person. It still feels good to go look at porn, even though you know you shouldn't do it. It still feels good to be greedy and take more than, you, than is yours. It still feels good to be the person who cares only about yourself. Because the new way of life is difficult. It's uncomfortable. It'll give you blisters, even if you know that it's good for you. So we go back to the old life because it's comfortable. But what he says, he says, that is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self. What he's saying here is live the life that you were taught to live. Live the life in Jesus that you have been taught about. You are not ignorant about how to live for Jesus. You know it. You've just seen it in half of Ephesians, what it means to be a follower of Jesus, what God has done for you. Live the life that you have been taught. Now, I... Uh, ha- have been doing youth ministry for a long time and uh, it's, there are some great things about youth ministry and one of the great things about youth ministry is fairly regularly I go and play laser tag and you're, we're going to play laser tag tomorrow which is great, laser tag is always fun and there was one year when I was going to do it with a, a small group of boys, they were the year seven and eight boys that I was hanging out with in my youth group And I thought to myself, I thought, you know, laser tag is great, but is there a way we can level up this laser tag that we can make it even better than normal? And there was a guy in my church who worked for customs and his job was to train people in how to use weapons. So he would take customs officers and train them how to shoot guns and he'd take custom officers on and train them how to do raids. And then sometimes he'd go on raids himself. And so they would be the people who would be like, bang on the door and be like, customs. And they'd come in with their guns and they'd go through the house and they'd be like, clear, clear, clear. And I was like, that's so cool. I'm like, that's like the movies, but this guy does it in real life. And so I said to him, would you be willing to come to hang out with us before we go to laser tag and teach all of us how to do it? Give us some weapons training so that when we go to laser tag, we are going to be the best laser taggers ever. He was like, sure. And so he came along. We hung out at our church and he taught us how to you know, clear rooms. He taught us how to support each other, how to make sure you don't shoot your partner in the head. And then we, we, had, we did it, took turns in clearing our church building of terrorists. It was really great. It was a lot of fun. And so then we went to laser tag and we were all ready to go and promptly every single one of the boys in my small group forgot everything they'd learnt. But I'll tell you who didn't forget what they'd learnt, 
me. And I dominated. It was so good. I was like, pew, 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 pew. And I shot them all and I was the winner for like two rounds and then we had to go home. But it felt really good to put into practice what I had learned. It felt great. It wasn't as easy as just going in and, you know, doing my old way of doing things. Certainly it was easier for the boys to go in and just do whatever they used to do. But I decided I was going to put into practice what I had learned, and it felt really good. Now, I've forgotten pretty much everything I've learned. So if I go to laser tag with you tomorrow, I will not be any better than the rest of you. But if I, <laughs> uh, but if I continued to, to put into practice what he taught me, and if I continued to train with him, I would get better and better at it. I would get better and better at laser tag, and, I, and it would feel good, and it would become second nature, I I could be the best laser tagger in the world, maybe, if I kept getting training and I kept doing what I had learnt. It would be amazing if if I just kept going. I'll keep learning, I'll keep getting better, I'll keep laser tagging, it'll be fantastic. Now what happened, what Paul is telling us here, is to put into practice what we have learnt. And the more you put into practice what you've learnt, it might not be the easiest thing in the world, but it will feel good. You'll enjoy it. You'll you'll be like, this is what I was made for. Remember in Ephesians chapter 2, when we do the good things that are before us, that we've been created in Christ Jesus to do, as we live the life that we were called to live, as we live for Jesus, we are living the life we were created for. You are never more alive than when you are living for Jesus. It is good to do the things that you have been taught. It's not easy, but it's good. It's not comfortable, but it is good. So we can put into practice the life that Jesus has called us to. So my question to you is this. What are the sins that you keep going back to because they are comfortable? What are the things that you keep doing because it's easy? You don't have to answer that question. <laughs> it is a rhetorical question. Answer that question in your mind. And what is it that Jesus is calling you to? What does the new life look like for you? What does it look like for you to take off that old life and put on the new life? Now, when we think about these sins that we keep going back to, we can have an image in our mind that God is angry at us and that we have to be good people, otherwise God is going to smash us. Or one day Jesus is going to come back and he's going to say to us, man, you are the worst. Why do you keep doing these things? I did all this good stuff for you, but you just keep going back to your old life. But what did we read about this morning? We read about the love of Christ. How long and wide and high and deep it is. And what Jesus has for you, if you're a follower of him, is not anger. It's not wrath. He's not out to get you. He's out to love you. And the reason why he's calling you to the new life is not because 
because he just really wants you to be good, but he wants you to be the person he's created you to be because all he has for you is love. And he wants you to live in his love, to know his love and to live out that love because that is what the true life that he has for you is. There's nothing better than living for him. He's not out to get you. He's not out to destroy you. He's not out to be angry at you. He's out to love you. And the best way he can love you is if you follow him where he leads you, as you put on this new life that he calls you to. So if you are a Christian, what this means for you is this. Jesus is calling you to live this new life, to leave your old life behind, because it is, it is the best way to live. It is the best thing he has for you, to know his love and to live it out. Are you willing to put your old life behind, no matter how comfortable it is, because he has a new life for you and it is the best life, will you follow him into that? If that's what you want to do, then I challenge you to talk to someone about it. Tell them, I want to do this. Can you help me? Chat to your youth leader. Chat to your Christian mate. Say, let's pray together. Let's support each other. Let's care for each other so that we can live this new life. And if you are not a Christian, then what this means for you is you are still in the first half of this passage. You are still living for yourself. And there is nothing beyond this life for you. But you can have everything that has been promised to you in Ephesians. You can have every spiritual blessing in Christ. You can have forgiveness because Jesus died on the cross and rose again for you. You can have adoption into his family. You can be created in Christ Jesus to live the life, the best life that you were created for. You can have all the love of Jesus and you can know it deep within you and still have more to know. You can have everything that God has on offer for you if you just give yourself to him. You can live the old life by yourself and continue into sensuality and to, into depravity, into living for yourself. It is not a good life to live. Or you can live for Jesus, the best life that he calls you to, and know his love and know his forgiveness. Do you, wanna, do you want that? That's the challenge. Do you want to give yourself over to Jesus with all he has done for you and all he is calling you to in this new life? If you do, then now is the time to give yourself to him. Thanks for listening. I hope you love Jesus just that little bit more. If you want to get your hands on the Ephesians devotions, then head to tomfrench.com.au forward slash Ephesians. There you can also find my other books, videos, and plenty of other stuff. So feel free to check it out and don't forget to give this podcast a rating and review wherever you get your podcast so that other people might be able to discover it too. Till next time, have a good one.